We got comic books and comics news, comics insights and reviews, comics girls and comics dudes, sipping on some freshly brewed. Cause it's comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee, comics and coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Comics and Coffee. Thank you for starting out your day the nerdy way with us. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Nikki Alfaro. Good morning, guys. So, um, this is, I think, three weeks in a row. Yay! That we've done this. Yeah, it's happening. It's, uh, it's becoming a weekly show. Um, and I also want to welcome, we have a new uh, video show to the Talking Comics family, uh, Backup Stories with Justin Townsend and Rob Neuer, which I think will be later today. So, um, growing the, the video offerings. But uh, this morning we have a, a couple things to talk about. We're uh, uh, nuts, a couple of news items, but uh, nothing too major. And uh, we're going to talk about our reaction to some some books uh, that came out. But uh, first of all, Nikki, how was your week? It it's been good. I've I spent a lot more time at the Black Canary than I should. Um, <laughs> the owner the other day I was introducing my cousin to the owner, and the owner is just like, yeah, we we should ha just have a chair with her name on it. Like, uh oh, that's a sign. <laughs> um, and then later on today, uh, Toronto Comic Con starts, so I will be heading over there um, to attend a volunteer tier meeting and um, just checking out the show. I might work Neil Adams' booth, but I'm not sure yet. So. Wow. All right. So um, I'm just looking at, I have it set up so that when we go live um, on uh, YouTube, it automatically tweets from our account. But for some reason, it tweeted in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have any idea why, um, but I'm just looking at it. Hey, Empazado un streaming en directo en YouTube. So there you go. Uh, we're streaming live on YouTube right now um, in Spanish. Uh, just use your use the SAP button on your remote, and we will it will be in Spanish. Um, so that's awesome. So uh, you you might end up working in Neil Adams' booth. Have you ever met Neil before? No, he was signing at the Snail on Wednesday, but I had to leave early, so I completely missed him. Also, Jeff Johns was in town or is in town, so he stopped by the Snail, but I was working when he was there, so I was kind of sad. But he'll be in Toronto a lot for Suicide Squad. That's awesome. Um, yeah, he yeah he tweeted. I remember I saw. I saw his tweets about being, I think, at like the, uh, the the coffee shop, and everything there. Um, yeah. So um, sp speaking of uh, speaking of uh, media of DC Comics media, uh, another comic book show started this week. Uh, one of like I feel like eighteen that air on Tuesday nights. Um, <laughs> Uh, I Zombie, uh, based on the Chris Roberson and Michael Allred comic of the same name, uh, which was a Vertigo comic, uh, is airing on the CW, um, and it is uh, created by Rob Thomas, who is the creator of Veronica Mars. And uh, so I have not really read the comic. I have 
the first trade, and I was just telling Nikki before we went live that this morning I was just reading through kind of the first issue, and it's markedly different than the than the uh, than the the show is. But I wanted the show, you know, more of a Veronica Mars fan than an iZombie fan. Um, heard very good things about it. Uh, Roberson and Allred both were saying very very nice things about it, even though it was very different from the comic. And uh, so I decided last night to, to give it a try and, and to watch it, and I had a great time with it. Uh, Nikki, what about you? It was really fun. Um, the the actress who plays the, the zombie character, uh, she's from Once Upon a Time, I think. She played Tinkerbell. Um, and although I wasn't really... A I'm not really a fan of Once Upon a Time. I did see her as Tinkerbell, and she's really charming. So um, it's great that she's getting a lead role. Um, she's come a long way from the Power Rangers. I think she was the Yellow Ranger, too. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. She was the Yellow Ranger in one of the one of the incarnations. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed the tone. I liked um, the formula, I guess. Um, and I really appreciated that Michael Allred's art was kind of in the title sequence. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's going to be the same case for every episode, but it was really nice to see. Yeah. Can't hear you. <laughs> so can you, you can hear me now. I'm guessing. Yep. Okay. I'm sure it didn't sound as good, but I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to fix what, <laughs> what went wrong. I don't know what happened. Uh, I think the batteries died, and like I have like a wireless. Tran transceiver for this thing, and I think most likely the power died on that thing. Um, and I have no idea where my batteries are right now. So um, <laughs> you keep talking about iZombie, and I will be right back, okay? <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> um, so iZombie um, features a former doctor... And she, um, she's very much the type to not go out, but the one time that she does, she gets bitten by a zombie, or scratched, scratched by a zombie. And um, instead of becoming the surgeon that she wanted to be, she is now working in a morgue. And her family and friends do not know that she is a zombie and just think that she's suffering from PTSD. Um, so it's really about uh, her trying to navigate the world as a zombie who's working now in a morgue so she can have something to eat. And I don't know, it's just really quirky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yes, okay, there we go. <laughs> We are back, back on this. Okay, so yeah, so it is very quirky, and uh, I don't know if uh, I had to walk away for that second while I was doing that, but do, did you watch Veronica Mars, Nikki? No, not at all. I okay. totally missed that. Okay, um, this is a little weird. Okay, so there we go. All right, so uh, yeah, so Veronica Mars um, is a hu I'm a huge fan of Veronica Mars. 
So, even watching the trailer for iZombie, like, it's weird because it has this voiceover where she's kind of talking about, you know, what her what, what's going on in her life and, you know, what she's doing, and she's, you know, a uh, little bit deadpan, a little bit, you know, very, like, uh, opinionated, very sassy at, at, at times, you know, and it's almost, she almost sounds like Kristen Bell uh, at, at times in, in her voiceover. Um, so it's very reminiscent of, of Veronica Mars um, at times, and and the, the all the things that made that show great uh, are, are have seeds. I think here, you know, the the lead character I think has um, a a sorted backstory, you know, a sorted past, um, really for the past five months. But there's there's a section of her life that we don't really know what happened, and we don't we don't know about. There is obviously something horrible that happened to her that she's going to try to figure out, and we we've seen at the end of this first episode things that are going to come back kind of to to resurface in her life so that she you know she'll have to deal with with, with those things and just her kind of uh, it's funny because you know he says uh, the uh, Babado is the you know the name of the detective and he says you know don't be intrepid to the you know to to, to, to her to and I it, her name is uh, her uh, in the show it's not, it's not the same name as the name in the comic her name is Liv in the in the in the, in the uh, on the show, um, ironic. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, you know, and, and it, but Liv ends up being very intrepid, and I, I I think that it's very cool in that moment where she kind of realizes that you know she she wants to help and she wants to be something more than just someone who kind of not to use too many zombie puns shambles through <laughs> through life. Uh, but yeah, I loved the tone, and I loved. I thought it was funny. You know, I, I think that, you know, there are the the thing that makes I think the show the best is I think the cast across the board is is really really solid, um, and and really good. And so I I do look forward to to watching more of it. Um, what do are you? Uh, what do you think? Did it did it give you like uh, feelings about hooks for like future episodes? Um, there's definitely that one thing at the end, like you mentioned. Um, I'm excited to see who who else is going to be involved, or if it's just going to be like a whole superhero secret identity thing for a while. Right. Um, the best friend, I think, she seems really familiar. I'm pretty sure she's from Phil of the Future from Disney Channel, and I haven't seen her in a while, so it's it's good to see her acting again. Regular series, mm-hmm. so I mean, and she's really funny. So I hope they make use of the best friend roommate situation a lot more. Also, I don't think I can eat ramen again or noodles for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's funny because I, I I I love that aspect of it. I love that they they're they're playing around with that. I love that. I always like when they do subverting. Subversive things with the genre, so I like that there is no scene with the her boss at the morgue where he freaks out for a while or he has trouble with it or whatever. It just goes right into him helping her and him being okay with it, stuff like that. Um, I, <coughs> again, I haven't read the comic, so I don't know. I know they pulled some of the th- thematic stuff from the book, but the plot is very different. I like the idea of an isolated kind of zombie outbreak. You know that most zombie stories are this global 
spanning thing, and, and this is very much like, it happened at this dock this one night, because <laughs> people were taking this weird drug, and that's all that really happened, you know? Um, and and I, I, I liked that about it. And, yeah, I just like, I, I like her look, I like, I like the look of the show, I, I, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really digging it. And, I, and I, again, like I said before, I'm really digging the tone. I really like the, it feels different than the other shows that I'm watching. So, yeah. So you were absolutely right. Um, the roommate, who is Ali M- Michalka, uh, <laughs> was definitely in Phil of the Future, <laughs> which is something I have no idea about. But I think it's really funny that you just pulled it immediately. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a show that people should check out. Um, if if you, definitely if you, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So. Other than other than, t- I mean, I watched. I haven't watched all the TV shows this week. I saw. I haven't watched Powers or Shield yet. So I watched Shield. I haven't watched Powers. I watched The Flash. Yeah, what The Flash was. I love. I loved this episode of The Flash. Yes. Um. But it's impossible to talk about without. Yeah. No. <laughs> including spoilers, so I didn't bring it up. No, no, there is no way to talk about <laughs> it. But as a topic. Yeah. Uh, some really really cool things happen, and we're we're to see how the kind of be as cryptic as possible how that stuff is actually going to work out because of the ending moment. You know, because um, the end of the show could very, end of the episode could very drastically change what happens previously in the episode, so. Uh, but yeah, that last moment was definitely uh, a, like, kind of holy shit moment for me. <laughs> uh, what I love about it is, like, it's just this, the, what they're doing on the screen right now, this is the this is the Flash to me. Like, when I picture the idea of, like, what I'd want to see in a Flash show, like, what's happening on the Flash right now is kind of, like, what, exactly what I would have wanted. So that rare, rarely happens in anything. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um, I think it's great because they just came straight out of the gate um, embracing everything mm-hmm. about the Flash. So I think if they continue to do that, it'll, be, uh, it'll continue to be a fun ride. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I watched Arrow as well, and I I I, I liked the episode a lot. Of, but uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, I Zombie and the Flash. Not that they they don't have the same tone, but they both have a more carefree tone. And when you go back to watching Arrow, you know everything gets very serious, very very serious. Uh, and it's just, it's a little bit jarring. Uh, going from one to the other, but I will say this about Arrow: uh, uh, that show has, for for a TV show, even for a movie, has fantastic fight scenes. Like the the, the actual like hand to hand combat fight scenes, I think, are always awesome in it. Um, and I like the Rachel Ghoul stuff quite a bit. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, that stuff progresses. I think we finally have a picture of what the rest of the season is going to look like. And I think that that has been the one thing that is, has been lacking from the season of Arrow, um, especially over last season, uh, which is kind of that this is the villain, this is where it's going, this is what we have to look forward to and what Oliver is going to be coming up against uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, because I think but without that, we've gotten a lot more of the... Uh, uh, personal stuff, and 
I, I think that it's okay to visit that stuff at time to time, but they've re revisited and visited that stuff too much at this point. Like, too much of, you know, the Felicity Oliver stuff. Um, I which, want them to drop that completely. Yeah, I, me too. Me too. I, <laughs> yeah. I see, like, I always saw a chemistry between them, but for me, it was never... I never thought that it should fully be romantic, and I don't know. I always thought it was a Chloe Clark situation, like in Smallville. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is like that, and cause, because you know, like, right? That I mean, if you're if you're uh, if you're if you know the comics at all, he's gonna end up with Laurel. Like that's what's gonna happen at some point in, in this whole <laughs> weird journey that they're taking. So, uh, you know, I I like Felicity a lot, but I I prefer. Um, their relationship to be, like you said, more more friend based, you know, with maybe hints of chemistry here and there. And and if you're going to pursue it, just pursue it to its logical end and then be done with it. Um, at, at, so that's something I think they visited too much this season. Um, but I think they're finally starting to move forward uh, with some of the other relationships, like some of the Laurel and her dad stuff, all that kind of stuff. It's it's moving now. Um, so. I like that Nissa staying in town. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I do. I like that as well. I like that as well. Uh, it's funny though because there's a big scene. That's not spoiling anything. There's a big scene where a bunch of criminals go into the, go into the police station and they're, and they're trying to kill the cops, right? And so they're watching it. and I'm like, I wonder if there's ever been an action show where like the normal everyday cops who have just are there aren't like the most ineffectual people in the entire <laughs> world because they don't like they like they just like. These people show up with machine guns and they go like, "Hey, stop!" And then they like shoot and miss with like every single bullet they shoot, <laughs> and they just don't—they never react to like what, what's happening. They're just like cannon fire. They're just flailing. They're like, yeah. and then down on the floor. That's exactly. basically what their job is. I'm like, these people have training. They know how to use weapons. They know what to do when they get into a situation where they have to fight, you know, people with with weapons. And the um, fact that Laurel, who's trained with a boxer for like what three, five months, yeah, is like, yeah, she's doing is more effectual than yeah. the cops. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, hopefully now she's gonna get trained a little bit with Nissa, so that will be that. That should maybe, hopefully, ex, ex, uh, speed up her, 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 her training a little bit, but. You know, I really hope their interactions stay mm. as awkward as they were. Yeah. <laughs> like in that one scene. So you have daddy issues. I have daddy issues. Mm. Like, yeah, but <coughs> your dad is the, the head of the League of Assassins. <coughs> My dad My just mad at me because I lied to him. <coughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, I, I haven't watched S.H.I.E.L.D. yet, which... Uh, you know that's becoming quickly one of the, the one I kind of look forward to the most. Um, so, looking forward to, to checking that out. Um, as far as comics that came out this week, uh, you know, you reviewed Silk Number Two for the site, Nikki. Uh, yeah. Do you think it held up to the first one? I think it. It, as much as I love the first one, there was there was stuff that I didn't really uh, that kind of kept it from being a 10 out of 10 for me, and uh, issue 2 was definitely a 10 out of 10. Um, it, you know, surprisingly, it also functions as a, a jumping on point for people who missed the first issue. Um, 
but it also carried the story along. It doesn't have any Spidey cameos, which um, which is great because she needs to hold her own. Um, and uh, I was talking with a friend of mine, John Frank, who's a listener, um, and he, he loves this book, and he goes, P- uh, Cindy Moon is a better Peter Parker than Peter Parker is <laughs> um, in terms of her working street-level stuff and her balancing her reporter, her like Daily Bugle-esque job, and um, just being awkward and awesome. And <laughs> um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this issue. Cool, awesome. I, I, I haven't got a chance to, to read it yet. The, I think the only thing I've read... Yeah, the only thing I've read is uh, the Batgirl Endgame tie-in, uh, which I was looking forward to primarily because, I mean, I love the regular series, but this especially because I love uh, Ben Gall's art. Um, uh, if, if anyone's ever read Naja, it's just a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous-looking book, so I was looking forward to see what he was going to do with the art for Batgirl, and I liked the fact right, that it was uh, a tie-in to Endgame, but it wasn't part of the regular series. So it wasn't an interruption of whatever they were doing um, with, with the regular book. And it, it was very nice as well because, you know, we spent the week uh, talking about stuff that wasn't about the inside of Batgirl. You know, it was about obviously the, the, the big thing at the cover. So it was nice to get the issues of Batgirl to actually read it and to remember, you know, firsthand why we had the discussion that we had about the cover in the first place. And... Uh, uh, Batgirl Endgame, you know, I, I was looking forward to it, but I was not expecting at all what I got from it. Um, and I, I almost don't want to kind of... I mean, I don't know if they, if they... In previews, they let you know what it was or whatever, because I don't really dive into previews too much. I avoid it for the exact reason why I don't want to know a bunch of the interior art on a book before I get to it. Uh, so I don't know what they, what they did or not for it, but I almost don't want to spoil like what the thing about it is because um, I, I was surprised by it and I want people to also be surprised by it. But uh, Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and, and Bengal um, did a really, I think, gutsy, cool thing with what they did with the issue. The direction they chose to go, it could have ended up feeling light and, and, and it could have ended up feeling cheap, but it ends up, I think, being a really effective way to tell the story. And I think if you read it, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, hopefully it makes you curious about it. But what did you think of the Endgame tie-in, Nikki? I I was really, really excited to get two Batgirl issues from uh, the writing team, at least. Um, and once I heard that Bengal was doing the art for it, I was so excited. Hmm. I, I, <clears throat> I was at the cafe Wednesday, and I had um, Red One, Silk, Backroll 40 and Backroll Endgame. And my friends at the table, um, they would they would hear me after reading each is, is, each issue saying, oh my god, this is so good! Like, <laughs> every, like, the four, and I'm just so excited. And I'm glad I left Endgame to, la- to the last because it was just, it's just gorgeous to look at. And it's all, um, I... I've stayed away from the event. Um, with Batman, I've been waiting to read everything in trade. Um, so going into it not really knowing what's happening, it catches you up really quickly. Um, um, just in the first page, it, it doesn't even give you a lot. It just gives you that one um, dialogue. 
uh, not dialogue, but like narration, and then you you're immediately jump uh, you immediately jump into what's happening with Batgirl, and it's all about like she's not the main character in the Endgame event, but this story is all about her and what she can do. Like she's not going to be going up against the Joker. She's not going to be like ending it. This is her little chapter in what she does, but it also feels like a big victory for her. Like big victory in the small victories, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what I love about it is that, you know, we, we talk about stakes a lot in, in, in stories, and uh, there's obviously a giant set of stakes happening with, with what's happening with Gotham, but uh, what's happening with Batgirl in this issue and what she's trying to do has its own set of stakes, right, that are are micro compared to the huge macro level of, of what's happening at Gotham, but it does a great job of showing you, like, those micro stakes are just as important in the end, like, as, as the overall stuff. You know, saving one person is the key to saving everybody is kind of what, what I think the story is trying to tell you. And it's also really nice because it, it does two things, I think, both very well, which is that it, if you're not reading Endgame and you're just reading Batgirl, it lets you know, hey, this crazy thing is happening, you know, with Endgame. Here's Batgirl's role in it you know, this Batgirl that you've been loving, here's her role in what's going on. But if you're just reading Endgame, or just reading Batman, you're not reading Batgirl, <clears throat> you know, I, I think it's equally as inclusive as if, in that way as well. Um, because, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a very singular story that isn't a part of continuity. I mean, it's part of continuity, but it doesn't delve into what's going on in Batgirl's life. It's not, it's not dealing with you know the 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 micro things that are happening with her and and her her personal dynamics. It's just like here's this great hero, and here's how she is what she's gonna do during this this disaster. And so if you're not reading Batgirl, you can still pick this up and read it. And what I love is it still keeps her separate from because he she showed up in. In uh and and Batman thirty nine I think it is thirty nine where he's kind of like this is what we have to do like we have to save the city or whatever and she it's it's the first time you see her in a Bat book since the changeover you know with the teams um, and it was it's very very cool to see it happen so here it's cool to see like she's still her own person she's still doing her own thing but that connection to Gotham is still very much alive and I really liked that about about Endgame. The endgame tie-in, uh, and I love that yeah. it's just a separate thing as well. Yeah, I lent it. Well, I was at the, I was there at the snail yesterday, and um, my friends were there again. Uh, it's this silver snail is near a university, so a lot of my friends go to that university, so they just go after class. So we're all just hanging out there, and I had Batgirl Endgame with me, and none of them read Batgirl or Batman, and they picked it up and they loved it. Um, they thought it was really cool how it was a one-shot, and you didn't have to know either story to enjoy this one, mm -hmm. uh, this one one-shot. <laughs> yeah, an absolutely fantastic visual storytelling by Bengal. Mm -hmm. just, just great, um, great, great stuff. Uh, I re recommend it to anybody. If you're if you're reading Batman and not Batgirl, and you didn't pick it up because either you don't like tie-ins or you're not reading Batgirl, so why pick it up? I think it's something you should definitely uh, check out uh, as well. Um, so quickly, just before we, we bounce out of here, because we have to bounce out of here in a couple minutes, um, a few things. Oh, uh, to, Nikki, uh, 
some Afterlife with Archie news. Oh yeah, after months of not knowing, we finally know when we're going to see the next chapters in Afterlife with Archie and The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, so I think uh, Entertainment Weekly broke the news, but um, yesterday it was announced that uh, Afterlife with Archie will be coming back in May. Um, May 6th? May 6th, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a shorter week. wait. We'll, we'll be getting that April 15th. Um, so, yay. Mark your calendars, guys. We finally know where we're gonna, when we're going to get these uh, amazing comics. Yeah, and I can't believe it's only issue number two of Sabrina. It's so crazy. Yep. <laughs> That's issue two of Sabrina. And they also tease, they're kind of, when they, when they come out, they're going to be under a new horror line for Archie. You know, obviously they just... Kind of released that that they started that was the dark I can't remember the name of the line whatever the, the like the superhero ish line they released um, is out and now they're going to release this into a horror imprint and there's they promised a third series as well that they haven't announced yet that will will be focusing on a major Archie character so I, I have no idea who that could be um, <laughs> hopefully it's Josie and the Pussycats I'm hoping for that too <laughs> uh, I just I don't know what kind of horror aspect they would be <laughs> involved in but uh, uh, that that's that's the uh, that's the other Archie characters I would love to see uh, get uh, their own kind of se separate series, um, and we we're gotta be coming close. Uh, we're running right up against when the Archie relaunch is gonna happen as well. So I'm excited excited for that too. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, another thing too is uh, the Secret Wars uh, picture is, is the post Secret Wars picture I should say is clearing a little bit at this point. Uh, Marvel announced uh, 33 series that are going to be ending uh, and either re-solicited or done after Secret Wars is over. So uh, these series are either going away completely or getting new number ones when we get out of the Secret Wars stuff. Uh, so here are the list of the titles that will end. All new Captain America, all new Ghost Rider, all new X-Men, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing X-Men, Angela, Asgard's Assassin, Avengers, Avengers World, Captain Marvel, Cyclops, Deadpool, Elektra, Fantastic Four, Guardians 3000, Guardians of the Galaxy, Hulk, Inhuman, Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, Legendary Star-Lord, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, New Avengers, Nightcrawler, Nova, Rocket Raccoon, Secret Avengers, Spider-Man and the X-Men, Spider-Man 2099, Storm, Superior Iron Man, Thor, Uncanny X-Men, Wolverines, and X-Men. Um, so, uh, yeah, so those are the books that will be getting number ones. Now, I, I don't think anyone should panic thinking that those series are going to be all going to be gone. Uh, I think you can probably safely bet that there will be an Avengers series uh, post-Secret Wars, that there will be a Captain Marvel series post-Secret Wars. Thor, Captain America, those Iron Man, those characters are going to have post-Secret Wars um, incarnations. Uh, the, you know, but what's interesting there, I think, is also the titles that won't be kind of getting new number ones. And in in the release that, that the Marvel sent out, they said they gave creators the option uh, to kind of uh, some creators the option to either do that whole like you know clear the deck, go to number one. Or kind of do a last days story, which is an imprint they're doing um, that will kind of tell their goodbyes for the six one six universe, um, and then 
when they start with whatever number they're on, they'll kind of be in the new universe, just not without a new number one. Um, you know, books like Ms. Marvel, books like Silver Surfer, you know, stuff like that, uh, which you won't see getting new number ones quite yet. Spider-Gwen, Silk, these books that are relatively new as well, not getting new number ones um, wh when we start over. So, Nikki, my question to you is, you know, it's, 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 it's of course, a, it's nice that these books won't be getting number ones and they're not forcing creators to restart everything, but do you think it's more confusing not just to do what DC did and just go, Everything in June or whatever, it's number it's number one. You know, that's that that's it or whatever. What do you think? Um, it's it's a it's a tough thing because I know a lot of people won't like. It's a lot easier for new readers to jump on a series if they are all like renumbered. Um, just because I felt the same thing when there was a confusing renumbering thing with uh, Red She-Hulk a couple years ago, and like I wanted to pick it up, but I didn't because it said issue 58. What I didn't know was that they just re retitled in like Hulk or Incredible Hulk to be mm -hmm. Red She-Hulk and yeah. didn't renumber it, and I realized after it was canceled that that's what was happening, and I was kind of angry. So I I think there's a there are ups and downs to both. It, it can be confusing. A, another a friend of mine picked up Captain Marvel thinking, you know, it's a great jumping on point, but it was the second run for Kelly Sue's um, run, and it was confusing for him because it's not the real jumping on point for mm -hmm. a complete Captain Marvel thing. So, yeah. I don't know. Two sides. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that... Look, I mean... the. There are pros and cons of, of each decision, and I and of course there were there were things very wrong with the new Fifty Two reboot and what they did, and but there's also things that are very right. And one of the things I think that DC did right, which was which was, you know, in in the wake of protests from some creators, they were like, look, everything's number one. This is the new universe. We want people to to jump on, whether or not it worked or not, whether or not the people that are reading now are new people or old people or the same people or whatever it might be. They made a commitment to decide to do something, right? To 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 wipe the slate clean as much as possible and let new people in. And I think that Marvel has kind of said that's what they're doing, right? That that the six one six and the Ultimate Universe, everything is ending, and we're starting a new kind of universe made of the of the the best parts of all the stuff that you love. And uh, I think that that's a promise, right? It scares long-time readers and being like, oh, crap, like, uh, that maybe I don't want to read anymore now. But, you know, for me, as now an entrenched reader, but someone who three or four years ago was not, the DC New 52 is the reason why I read comics. You know? Um, and, and I think that you, you need to give people that ability. You know, when... If you're going to restart everything, you can't restart everything but not really restart everything. You know, you can't be like, because so there's going to be Avengers number one, but also you know Silver Surfer number fourteen, you know, and Captain and Ms. Marvel number whatever, and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, and and I think that that's a confusing way to solicit your 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 books out, uh, especially because for some of those books, and look, we I don't know exactly how this is going to work during Secret Wars, other problems that we don't know how this is going to go, but. For the few months that Secret Wars is running, 
are they still going to keep publishing the books that will continue their numbering after Secret Wars is over? So are we going to get regular monthly issues of Ms. Marvel during that time? I've, I've, I've seen solicits that they had like a bunch of Battle World stuff, but there was also um, like Spider Gwen and Ms. Okay. I don't know if Ms. Marvel, but like Silk was still being solicited. Okay, so um, that's good then. I mean, that, then yeah. that makes more sense. But yeah. Uh, and for Spider Gwen, for instance, it makes total sense because it's a different universe. But mm-hmm. but according to this, like it's all supposed to crash into each other and make one universe. Yeah. So I don't know what that's gonna mean. And this is this is part of like what their problem is. I think with this whole event is that they've got. Last Days, which is in the past. They've got Battle World, which is in the present, and Warzone imprint, which is in the future. Like, it's really confused. Like, the present, past, and future of what? Like, I don't understand. I don't. We don't know what that means. You know what I mean? So, um, I I I think that they're running into an issue, but I think that they have a, they had a real chance after this is all over to kind of clear the decks and say like, okay. A lot of confusing stuff just happened, but it takes a lot of it takes a lot of stuff to finish sixty years of continuity, you know. <laughs> but now here we go. Here we're gonna start fresh. Um, I mean, luckily, I think the books that they're probably keeping on are books that are easier to get into anyway. But I don't know. For me, it, I feel like you either gotta do it or don't do it. Like don't do it in in the middle, you know. But I also appreciate it for people who are just gonna completely not get into Secret Wars. Like, mm-hmm. they, they at least still have these titles, because I think out of everything, the people who are into Spider-Gwen, who are into um, Silk, uh, they'd probably be the ones least likely to pick up the main event anyways. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Right? So, yes. it's it's good that there's that option there. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I don't mind that they're running during Secret Wars, uh, but I, I just mean, like, after it's all over... Just when, to have that clean slate. Just to have that clean slate, like, chop. Like, okay. <laughs> so, and it, it doesn't have to be a new creative team. It doesn't, you don't have to get... You know, maybe you have to get rid of everything you did. But, you know, it would be... And again, I don't... We don't we're in this weird disadvantage because in the past, you could just say, oh, I know how many copies Ms. Marvel is selling. So hopefully, maybe they did number one, they could increase the amount of people who are reading the book. But... We've heard time and time again that the digital numbers on Ms. Marvel are giant, you know. So maybe they don't need. Maybe they're not concerned about getting new readers from Ms. Marvel. Maybe they're just concerned about losing readers from Ms. Marvel. So that's mm-hmm. why they're not going to stop it. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but for other books, you know, I, I don't. And maybe, maybe they, they know there's a ceiling on books. Like if you renumber Loki, Agent of Asgard, like is that really going to make a big difference on how many people are reading it, or is it just going to piss off the people who are reading it? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I just think like if you're gonna do something, you should kind of go all the way with it um, instead of kind of doing half. Because because I would assume that even if they're not gonna renumber it, the continuity is still gonna change on, on what's going on with it. You know, they, they've kind of already said that that they'll have their last days. Because I think Magneto, Ms. Marvel, all the, those books are having like the last days banner on them while Secret Wars is running, hmm. and so. That will be kind of their goodbye from the 616 universe as we know it now. And then when Secret Wars ends and, you know, Ms. Marvel 16 or whatever comes out and it's the first one afterwards, it's still going to be like this new rejiggered universe that we were talking about. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know oh, what... 
amazing. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean, right? So just <laughs> the last days, have it run through Secret Wars, and then you know, go to your real number, number over, chop it, and then start again at number one. You know, uh, that that's that's the only thing I wish they would do um, because I just feel like, like you said, it's confusing. So so you're reading it, and then it's gonna be like, okay, so I pick up seventeen, and now it's stuff is completely different. Um, yeah. Maybe you'll be there in the story. Maybe it won't be confusing for people who are reading it. But I just think trying to communicate it to people is confusing. <laughs> That's the only thing I think about it. But we'll have to see uh, what happens. You know, I'm not like I, I. It probably seems this way. I'm not like completely negative about Secret Wars. Like I think that uh, some of the spin-off series and, and and some of the the series that are cropping up just for it, I think, sound interesting. And much like uh, Flashpoint a few years ago at DC did, there were some really cool, like, alternate universe stories they told in, in that world. Um, and I liked that series. And, and the last event I really liked from Marvel was Infinity, which was written by Jonathan Hickman. So I, I think it has potential to be cool. I just think all of the kind of rigmarole around it gets to be a little <laughs> bit uh, intimidating. But that mm-hmm. is just me. That's just me. <laughs> uh, but I think that's going to do it for Comics and Coffee this week. If you guys want to get in touch with us, please uh, uh, tweet at us, at Talking Comics. Uh, come to the website, TalkingComicBooks.com, and uh, check it out uh, either in the Videos tab or in the Podcast tab under Talking Comics Special Edition. Um, if you want to follow us personally on Twitter, I'm at Bobby Shortall, Nikki. And I'm at I am Asian Batgirl. All right, awesome, guys. So that's going to do it for Comics and Coffee. Uh, We will see you again next week, but thank you for starting your day out the nerdy way with us. Because it's Comics and Coffee. Comics and Coffee. Starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and Coffee. Comics and Coffee. Starting your day out the nerdy way.